Yeah, and, and you know, we are in stagflation. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. And the only way out of it is growth. Gro the, the only way out of this is Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week in review with Nigel Farage. Now, Nigel, this week I wanted to focus on the eerie similarities we're seeing to the 1970s, some of which are obvious, some of which are not, and also the differences. But let's start with something interesting that you've discovered regarding one of the, the big debates about public policy in the UK right now. Yeah, it's windfall tax. Um, it is the fact that the oil and gas companies had a mega 2021. By the way, everyone's forgotten the fact they lost a lot of money in 2020. Oh, that's by the by. Because what we do now in Britain is we bail out failures, but we've now decided we're going to penalise those having success. So this was a Labour-led initiative, but back with the SNP and the Lib Dems, to go for a windfall tax. And when you poll people and you say, if we tax the billions that have been made by BP and Shell, and that reduces your gas bill, would you like us to do it? And 80% 80 say yes, on a snap poll. Um, and Boris Johnson was asked about this and said, well, I, I, I really don't like windfall taxes, which is what I knew he was going to do it, because this is like you turn number 47, I think, since he became prime minister. Um, and really interesting, um, I was at an event this week with a lot of conservative members of parliament, junior ministers, that kind of thing. And it's really interesting because I'd written the piece last Thursday in the Telegraph online saying, don't put a windfall tax on, tell them to reinvest the money in onshore and offshore production as a means to self-sufficiency. Um, and quasi saying the business minister seemed to like it. Now, we haven't seen the final package. There will be some tax relief taper for reinvestment, but the past has been sold on the concept of windfall taxes. And I found those Tory MPs I was with split down the middle on it, which sums them up as a party, rudderless, directionless, without a clear guiding philosophy of any kind at all. If you put a windfall tax on the oil and gas companies, which is, which is happening, what next? Why not say, oh, well, let's have a look. The tobacco sector made a huge profit. Why don't we put a windfall tax on them or the hedge fund industry or whatever it is? And it sends the signal. Because in a sense, this is almost like retrospective taxing. It's saying, you know, your, your, your year end's coming up. We're going to tax you on what happened last year, even though officially the tax regime was different. And it is a very negative thing for business in the UK and for investment in the UK. Number one, because it's pretty arbitrary. We don't know what's coming next. And number two, everyone's forgotten this. Corporation tax is going up from 19 pence to 25%, 30% increase in corporation tax. And now the concept that the past has been sold on windfall taxes. And I am vehemently against this happening, but I'm not in the least bit surprised. This, I promise you, this government is a ship that is without any direction whatsoever, and it is headed inevitably for the electoral rocks in 23 or 24 if they continue in this way. I, I honestly can't see, unless there's a change of leader, a change of direction, a re-engagement with the business community, I cannot see them winning next time around. One of the things I want to point out here is the underlying story, which is that these companies made very large investments 
and then production and profits and revenue follow. Now, if they stop investing huge amounts of money, then they become more profitable in the short run. But in the long run, they become less profitable. And what's happened here is that the government has disincentivized investment in oil and gas production through the climate change policies. And as a result of that, these companies are looking more profitable than you know, the price of oil and gas spike because of yeah. supply issues. And now we've got you know, the, third, the third stage of, uh, of you know, throwing bad money after, uh, good money after bad, where they're just, they're just going to make it even worse by taxing the profits that these companies should be reinvesting that they haven't been reinvesting purely because of other government policies. So they're just chasing their own tail here. Yeah, and, and you know, we are in stagflation. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. And the only way out of it is growth. The only way out of this is growth. There's no other panacea for the problem of the UK economy right now. Growth and increased productivity, where, of course, we're lagging quite badly. So, as I say, I think the truth of it is there is nobody in Downing Street with a vision to get us out of this. There is very, very small comprehension of macroeconomics. Um, it, and, and that is a similarity with the 70s. I mean, don't forget, you know, it was Edward Heath with Barber as his chancellor that went for what was called the Barber boom, which directly contributed to inflation. And that in turn then led to the trade union problem. Now, we're now seeing that rearing its head. The RMT under Mick Lynch, a pretty militant hard left mob, and they balloted their members on strike action. They want 10% pay increases and improved conditions. And it looks like immediately after the Jubilee, we're gonna be into the biggest national rail strike for at least 30 years. But again, shades of the seventies. And once you start to get militant unions demanding pay rises, and once management starts to give in, then the whole inflationary spiral begins to feed off itself. So yeah, lots and lots of parallels here. Yeah, it's not just shades and parallels. I mean, it's more than rhyming to me. But but let's dig into some of the differences because those are instructive too. I think unemployment is probably the biggest key difference. Yes, I mean unemployment hit a million in 1975, and that was a big shock to everybody because we'd been through post-war full employment. Uh, we have the opposite situation right now. But one of the reasons for that, Nick, is because our productivity is so low. So we're employing more and more and more people within the economy but many of them are actually creating less. And it is astonishing to think that some measures put our productivity 20% below that of France. So these are real long-term problems. My own view, which I know is controversial, but my own view is the mass importation of cheap unskilled labor has actually helped drive down that productivity. And our own, complete failure through the education system to actually train people to go into productive jobs um, has also contributed to it. So we have to turn this round. We have to get growth. We have to increase productivity. And if we don't, then the fall in sterling that, you, that I've been talking about now for a few weeks, that fall in sterling will continue, which of course, in turn, also for a country that imports an awful lot, adds to inflationary pressures. So, you know, there's no way we can, um, there's no way we can look at all of this and be terribly bullish about the UK economy. I think another big difference is the level that interest rates started at in the 70s and where they're starting now and how much higher they could go and how much pressure and damage that could put on the economy. But let's turn to solutions here. Given what happened in the 70s, I think gold has to be on everyone's menu. Do you agree? Do you think gold will go on another bull run that's similar to the 70s or do you think it's overvalued already? 
No, I don't think it's overvalued at all. Um, and I've been mystified by this whipsawing, basically range trading. Gold has been range trading now for a long, long time. <laughs> you know, it gets down to the low 1800s, it gets up to the mid high 1900s and trades within that range. I'm in no doubt that there is central bank selling going on. I'm in no doubt at all. It's the only possible explanation for the action within the gold market is uh, whether it's the Bank of England, how many others are doing it, I don't know. Uh, but I can see governments desperate for cash, uh, gold at a relatively good price. And I think that that's, to me, what explains why in inflationary times, gold has lagged. I mean, after all, you know, interest rates are going up, but you're still not getting a big return on cash. The last time the RPI was at 11%, which is where it is today, was in 1982. Do you know what base rates were? 13%. Today with the RPI, at 11 percent base rates are one percent so you know i don't even buy that argument i think it must be central bank selling i don't know how much longer it goes on for but i think that is what's depressing the price of gold but i still think it's the right place to be now whether you believe that interest rates cannot go up and therefore gold will boom or whether you believe that interest rates will have to go up and cause an epic crash in the economy because of all, all the mortgage debt and all the corporate debt and the government debt out there. Either way, gold is your way to go. And that's why we're launching the Gold Investment Broadcast, which goes live on Monday at 4 p.m. Uh, you can find a link to sign up to that below, depending on when you're watching this. And I hope you do. And I hope you join us then. Thanks very much for watching.